I think there's a special place for the liars, connivers, backstabbers, jerks, and mofos of this world. Duh, politics. Plus the movies that we make about them. We here on the sofa talk to the people in the latter because, well, we know we'd never get a straight answer out of the folks from the former. And besides, the people in the film and television versions are just better looking. Welcome back to Burning Sofa. I'm Betsy D. Come on with me as we go inside the beltway, peek behind the curtain, and have a gab with the people who, well, kind of literally have designs on Washington. Check it out. Noble listeners, before we get into today's episode, I just need to apologize for a few variations in the audio levels. It's been a wild ride with COVID and Zoom and Wi-Fi and, you know, every now and then user error. So please accept my apologies. And now let's get on with episode three, part one. Hey, Burners. Today we are here with the unstoppable creative force of nature, Tiffany Zapula, the set decorator who for six seasons brought our nation's capital to life for us. And, well, sometimes death, actually, political or otherwise in the hit Netflix series, House of Cards. FYI, Ms. Zapula has twice won the Art Directors Guild Award for both the hilarious political satire series Veep and the aforementioned drama nail-biter House of Cards. She is also a three-time Emmy Award nominee for that show. And, you know, when you, I think of film and television production, I may not think of Baltimore, but when one considers how much fodder comes out of Washington, D.C., uh, kind of makes all the sense in the world. And who better to recreate those moments than a true Baltimorean, we ask. So welcome, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Well, having the chance to gab with you just makes us feel like A-listers, Tiffany. So thank you. Hey, before we get into the nitty gritty, let me brag on your behalf for a little bit to the audience. Uh, you worked on the first season of the political satire Veep with the comic genius Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, I loved that show. Oh, my God. And then um, you worked on House of Cards, of course. And from there, uh, that was where you met Michael Kelly, who became the executive producer of an outstanding, gritty, raw, funny, funny, funny comedy movie called All Square. And it was much loved and deservedly so by the South by Southwest Festival folks. So audience, I strongly recommend that you see this film. It's it's just so fun. And then uh, you worked on the, well, it's actually not released yet, uh, the Sundance Film Fest fave called Charm City Kings. Now, this is about inner city kids in, that's right, Baltimore. <laughs> going to be our word of the day. Ding, 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 ding. And you worked on Utopia, which is the Amazon series of this year, actually. And this was Gillian Flynn's adaptation of the graphic novel. So it's it's all going to be very, you know, colorful and comic-y, and I think the world will love it. And then, uh, last but not least, we are going to talk about your work on the new Showtime series, The President's Missing, which was based on the novel by James Patterson and Bill Clinton. I mean, is, right? That Bill Clinton? Exactly, exactly. Wow. But for now, though, we are going to devote, yes, an entire episode to, uh, to the series that captured everyone's pretty much full-time attention for about six years. So let's get to the deep throat details of House of Cards. Wonderful. It's one of my favorite topics. It was a huge chunk of my life. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that show, so there's a lot to say. So Tiffany, Baltimore is your hometown, and you seem to work mostly there. 
And you, in fact, you've worked on so many shows that take place in the White House. Have you just thought about running for office? I was actually voted future first lady in my high school yearbook. Oh, yes. And <laughs> unfortunately, as they say, you have to be very specific with the universe. So while I find myself in the White House almost daily when I'm filming a show, it's not quite the way that it was ultimately supposed to be my destiny. <laughs> With all of these shows that you've worked on, you, you do a lot of work inside the Beltway. Yes. I have often referred to myself as the Betsy Ross of set decorating because I do all things red, white, and blue. Even though those aren't our palettes, the patriotism is running high. <laughs> so now, if you're somehow not streaming videos right now, because I don't know, you're like a cave dweller or something, but you still dig a good story of greed and jerkiness. House of Cards is the political drama series that will make you sign up for Netflix because, wow, it came out of the gate in 2013 and it's about a congressman and his wife, uh, Francis and Claire Underwood, who are a couple of ruthless, conniving, power-hungry operators inside the Beltway. And there's a lot of revenge and sex and corruption and all that. But visually, you can't take your eyes off of this show. I mean, ugh. Stunning. Yeah. So, Tiffany, we do talk a lot about art imitating life, but um, in this case, do you think, you think maybe the show is kind of predicting it? <laughs> I, I often say I think the writers have a crystal ball, in, and it's not just, you know, it's been on several shows that I've been on where I felt this way, and, uh, you know, we used to tease them and say, can you do something useful, like when, you know, the lottery's 500 million, can you, can you look in that crystal ball and find, find numbers Damn. and not... <laughs> We would often read scripts and think, oh, this would never happen. And then six months later, we're living through it. So you worked with David Fincher, who was the executive producer and the director of the first show. And he won two Emmys for that show. Uh, he's also the incredible director of Fight Club, amazing movie, Panic Room, love. The Social Network, also love. I mean, he's yet to direct anything I haven't just totally dug. So talk to me about working with David Fincher. I have a great deal of respect for David. He's this exacting technical director with this level, this visual meticulousness, which just really, you know, he's a Virgo, I'm a Virgo, and it really plays into that sense of order. People come to my house and they're like, well, where's the dill? I'm like, well, of course it's behind the basil and the chives. It's alphabetized, you know, like everything has, has its order. And he, that's how he thinks too. He has this very strong aesthetic and for a set decorator, I found that incredibly useful. He was able to go in and basically set the visual tone of this show. And that enabled me throughout the rest of the seasons, even when he wasn't directly involved, to kind of continue his vision. We had this very intentional palette. The cinematography for the show was a lot of silhouetting. There were scenes in the townhouse smoking in the window. That was always a profile silhouette. And it's just easier to create that when you have a light background. So our palette was intentionally light. That's part of why you come up with the sets you do. So you've got the character development aspect of it. Does that influence how you build things? Absolutely. Claire was a very severe character. You think? <laughs> so we had these very sharp lines, a lot of Sheridan-style furniture with these pointy legs, and everything was very austere because when you look at her wardrobe, she was always 
put together, very tight, very controlled, oh. and that's how their spaces were as well. Oh, everything about that, the wardrobe and the sets, I mean, just oozes wealth and power and privilege on kind of a really grand scale. So I, I guess the the sets were, they were... They were large, not typical sets for TV. We were able to get a lot of depth with the cameras. We really eliminated that flatness that is oftentimes just a byproduct of filming for television because you don't have the space. But you captured a, 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 you know, a sterile, soulless environment that was designed within an inch of its life. It was, and there was an interesting mix of the traditional and the uh, contemporary. The house was supposed to be in Georgetown, which has very specific architecture. So there were some very, as I said, beautiful antique federal style pieces in there, but then a lot of the artwork was more contemporary. And, you know, these were things that were probably Claire's influence. And again, you know, we kept this very subtle, very neutral palette uh, throughout the show. And it really wasn't until Claire entered the Oval Office and became president that you saw a shift in the palette. And that was intentional to show a shift in power. Well, House of Cards was Netflix's very first series, really, right? It was its first original. Initially, when I was approached to work on this show, you know, it was a novelty. No one knew, was this going to be successful? You know, all of these things, we were doing 26 episodes and there was no pilot and they were going to stream and no one really understood what streaming was at the time. So, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of what I consider TV history. When I sit down in front of a television, I'd much prefer to stream. Does streaming also mean binging? Do you binge? Of course. And with America consuming huge gulpfuls of, you know, binge-worthy stuff, that is quite the pace for production. It is very much. Our schedule is very intense, specifically on House of Cards. We would uh, combine two episodes. We essentially make a movie every 20 days. That's outrageous. How does that get done? We crossboard these episodes. For the non-film people out there, um, crossboarding is just basically working with your schedule. So we're not shooting our scenes sequentially. This all is, you know, dependent upon actor availability, locations. So we're trying to shoot things in chunks that allow us to be the most efficient with our time. There's uh, one episode in particular that uh, just requires calling out because it, it blew my mind with how many there were. It's in season three. You're on the First Lady's airplane. Then you're in a Shishi Washington restaurant. Then you're uh, at a White House conference room. Then the Oval Office with a surfboard in it, if I remember correctly. Uh, then the inner workings of the Department of Defense and a pre-state dinner in that beautiful, those the beautiful residence with the first couple and then it goes to a diner and then an inner stairwell where there's a threatening scene and then there's the White House press briefing room and it all culminates in a Pussy Riot concert. Does it get any more intense than that? That was maybe a little bit more content than we would have in, in our typical cross-boarding but by and large you know we really did move around that much and we did you know create that much content in terms of bringing locations in. Can we just talk about the state dinner scenes with the head of Russia who, wow, looked 
creepily like Putin. <laughs> exactly, right? That was wonderful casting. Yeah, that was our Petrov state dinner. Claire was in the most stunning evening wow. gown, and I was working along with the costume designer to make sure that the table linens were going to complement her dress. And then, of course, I saw this amazing dress that I still covet to this day. Beautiful gunmetal uh, gown. And, and of course, it doesn't hurt to be Robin Wright, does it? Exactly, exactly. And we actually went from the White House residence. There was a scene in the upstairs residence with we brought in a grand piano. And uh, again, that, that very soft, subtle palette just became our signature backdrop. Oh my God, the candles. I just remember the candles. It was so beautiful. It was uh, quite the feat. I mean, that was filmed with candlelight. That was just the light projected from those bazillion candles all over the beautiful table. We were trying to create this beautiful, romantic, warm glow and realized uh, pretty quickly that there was going to be a fine line between this romantic glow and a creepy seance type <laughs> of lighting. So we had camera tests where the camera was brought in on stage so we could gauge where our tipping point for that would be. We figured it out. It was a wonderful collaboration. Since it was filmed in candlelight. Did you have like someone devoted to just lighting the candle? <laughs> like, like, I did, and he had those little quick lights and he just had boxes of candles, boxes of these. And I actually had two people on set that day. That one episode had everything all wrapped up in one. It was really a bit of a magical moment for the show. We're going to hit pause right there, but only briefly because Burners, we interrupt this program for an urgent press release coming to you live from Minden, Nebraska. In the middle of the great untied states of America, we have listeners John and Michelle Laux, who were so impressed, they went over to patreon.com slash burning sofa and they membered up at the incinerate level. Now, I do know that you're saying to yourself, don't they share a last name with a certain founder of this program? And the answer is, hell yeah, nepotism works in Washington. You know, they don't have an exclusive lock on it. We're making it work for us. And if you know anyone who needs to listen to this program, which is, I don't know, everyone who ever watched a movie in their life, send them on over to patreon.com slash burning sofa. They can choose their membership level and then just expect some really awesome payola. So let's get back to our conversation with Tiffany Zapula and House of Cards. Here we go. Okay, steel cage deathmatch here. Let's talk about the difference between working in the confines of a studio and just getting out there in the wilds and working on location. What's the difference? Talk to us. Well, location's always bring in the additional layer of the unknown. A set obviously has been you know, built by construction. There's more control. There's more time. You walk into a location. We've pre-scouted these locations, but sometimes it's opening a can of worms. You never know what you're going to find there. The actual state dinner was a location that we, we went to, and Steve had scouted the location, and he would take photos. He'd bring them back. He and I were talking, and they had upholstered walls. So they gave him a sample of the fabric. We're like, okay, great. We'll work with this. This will be wonderful. So here we are a week out from filming and we walk into Scout with what's called a tech scout where the whole crew is there. And Steve and I look at one another and we both just 
melt because they had not upholstered these walls in the fabric sample they had given us. Instead of being oh, this no. very soft, icy blue, it was this very intense teal green oh, that not only was not part of what we had designed for that specific space, but it also didn't work with our show. We wrapped fabric on foam core and construction fit these panels over the existing panels in a very delicate way so as not to damage the location's freshly upholstered walls. It was just one of those nightmare moments that was completely unforeseen. But then it turned out and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Great. The original production designer on House of Cards was... Donald Graham Burt. The set decorator was Doug Mowat. And then um, production designer became Steve Arnold. You were the assistant set decorator on that pilot. So basically you kind of were setting the tone for the rest of the show. Well, I like to tell everyone that I was really involved with House of Cards from its true infancy because I was working, I was the decorator on Veep when Don Burt came with the producer to the stages for Veep. So I like to say that I knew House of Cards when it was just a glimmer in Netflix eye. <laughs> you did the standing sets for the pilot. Now, and again, for the rest of us, great unwashed. What's a standing set? Standing set would be something built on a, a sound stage, which we created here. And we had some amazing sound stages that were, were built for House of Cards. And uh, those would be the sets that we return to on a regular basis. And the nice thing with stage sets and standing sets is we build them for the camera. Oftentimes you walk into a location and those four walls don't move. Whereas on a standing stage set, we have what you know, we call wild walls that can actually pull out and get a different camera angle and it makes for easier filmmaking. The residence was a standing set and you know, I often tell people their townhouse was built better than the average. I mean, just stunning. Yeah. It really was. Now there's one other aspect of set decorating, which I think the audience would benefit from hearing, and that is about the technical difficulties of, you know, doing this kind of thing. I believe you shared one soundstage for both the White House and the residents. Yes. While we had these, by all standards, very large sound stages that were beautiful spaces, the space is finite. So there are times where you have to, you know, become quite ingenious in how you're going to do this. So season one, we had the Capitol building and long hallways. We're not a show that used steady cams, so we weren't following the actors around. We would basically set the camera and the action would take place at that point. So you needed, again, this space, you know, you, you had to have, have some depth there. So what we did for season one, when we still had Peter Russo as a character in the Rayburn building, we were using our West Wing hallway and the Rayburn hallway interchangeably. So what we would do was literally roll up the carpet from the West Wing, Underneath of that, the floor was a painted terrazzo to match, which is, exists in the Rayburn building. We'd change out the light fixtures, the window treatments, and we'd add flags outside of the doors, and voila. Instant Rayburn. Wow. So did everybody just say, wow, that was like really awesome. That was genius, Tiffany. What happened? 
Well, it was definitely Steve Arnold as the production designer. That was all his ingenuity. My role was just making that happen. I was making sure that we had enough carpet and some spare because inevitably someone who isn't supposed to have a cup of coffee arrives with a cup of coffee. So there were little things like that, but it's a fine oiled machine. man of all the sets to say goodbye to that would probably be a really tough one absolutely we had a great moment in our townhouse that beautiful townhouse had to be torn down in order to accommodate and allow for the space for the new white house residence that was being built in season three my assistant it was her birthday so i had asked our producer if it would be okay to have a little birthday party for her in there so in the, the kitchen, set in the kitchen that had never seen food before in its life. Had absolutely never seen food. So it was it was wonderful. We were all gathered around the beautiful island, you know, just having a nice time. And then all of a sudden this racket starts outside and we realized construction had run out of patience, even though we had plied them with uh, full of cupcakes and desserts, they had had enough and they started taking the facade of the townhouse down while we were actually still in the midst of our birthday party. You ruined my birthday, man. In 2017, Julie Walker took over as production designer. So new person, new dynamic, new thinking. How did you navigate that? It's one of those things where you you just hope that you have chemistry with someone and she and I had great chemistry. So it really wasn't a difficult transition. You're always collaborating with the production designer and Steve and I would probably do more hands-on collaborating and Julie and I just had this great kind of sixth sense together. Steve and I had this running joke. I'm a big fan of leopard print and he was not. So I was always trying to sneak some leopard prints onto the set, but Julie embraced it. And final episode, I have an ocelot print on the nursery room wallpaper. I'm sorry, ocelot for for a nursery? I just don't think I would have ever called that. There were a lot of firsts in season six. We have our first female president. We have a first baby who clearly is a trendsetter, thanks to having Claire Underwood as a mother. And Tiffany Zapula as a decorator. Well, thank you. And so hopefully now from this point forward, we'll see lots of ocelot wallpaper in nurseries. Gonna set a trend, I feel. Now, there were three main writers for House of Cards. How did you interact with them? Well, Bo actually was the writer showrunner for the first four seasons. He had a lot of input and a lot of voice. And as a decorator, I don't find that threatening. I find it very helpful. Part of my job is helping this vision reach from the page, the written word into these three-dimensional spaces. And basically the more information I have, the easier it is to do my job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something as simple as what kind of awards would this person have if we're decorating an office space? So Bo was very involved in making sure that those things were accurate. And I'm very specific and very particular about not putting things on a set just to fill a space. If there's something on that set, it's relevant to the character because all of those things are what propel the overall story. 
So once the show was established, um, how does that affect your relationship with the writers going forward? Well, we had new writers for seasons five and six, Melissa Gibson and Frank Puglisi, who had already been writing for the show, had come in and taken over the position as showrunners and writers. So again, as you said, it was an established look, an established aesthetic. So um, my interaction with them was less about the aesthetic on the show, and they were obviously very focused on their writing and keeping you know, our storylines going. So um, they were wonderful to work with. It just wasn't as uh, hands-on with them as it had been in the past, just by well, virtue of They were in good hands with you, so that worked out. Well, thank you. I do think there was, at that point, there was a mutual trust. As I said, they had been writing in earlier seasons, so everybody was in a, a nice groove at that point. Is there a difference working with the writers and showrunners versus in the movies you'd be working with the director? It's really a very personal thing. Some directors are very, very involved. Um, as I said, you know, David Fincher was very involved with the aesthetic and others are not. So it's not so much film versus series because on series, I work with numerous directors. They typically change every episode. Robin Wright actually directed some episodes. Exactly. I think she directed probably almost half of our episodes, our final season. She was very involved. You turned in six seasons of brilliance, of course. And at the end of it, wow, how, how did that feel to just say, okay, we're done. Thank you, bye. It was bittersweet. I mean, obviously proud of what we had created and the accomplishments and recognition the show had received, but mm. you know, you're walking away from you know six plus years of your life when you're working 16 hour days sometimes and it what seems like seven days a week, but also recognizing that this is a special place and a special moment in time for not just me, but as I said, my crew as well. Well, after one wild ride for six seasons, I'm guessing you will not be sitting around eating bonbons and watching reruns. I understand you and your crew will actually be working together again. We were currently working on The President's Missing, which maybe not so uh, shockingly, is also set in the White House, uh, the Bill Clinton, James Patterson book. And I have my entire House of Cards crew back. So it's coming full circle, but on a higher level, let's say. Let's just, you know, I have great, great hopes for this project as well. Oh, I have no doubt. Hey, listeners, there's a lot more to cover with Tiffany Zapula and her illustrious career. So come on back next week to hear all about the truly original comedy, All Square, with Michael Kelly and Utopia, adapted by Gillian Flynn and how all that greatness got made. In the meantime, you are more than welcome to come join us on the fun and festivities at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, where... Tiffany will actually be sharing some photographs of House of Cards. Is that right, Tiffany? Isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some, some wonderful uh, stills from six seasons. So thank oh, you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week, which reminds me, Burners, don't forget to come on back because you know there's always room on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs>